Hey, this is Dave Ryder from Cullamunda Church of Christ. Really praying this podcast blesses you. If you'd like to hear more of our story, how about you go to our webpage, cullamunda.church. and Kalamunda. And if you're a mum out there, happy Mother's Day. Yesterday, we want to honour our mums and say, I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope it's been a good start and I hope you're going to have lovely things on today. But also, if you are not a mum, we want to encourage you, don't switch off now, settle in and pay attention because what we're talking about today um, does talk about mums, but it also has some gold in it for all of us. So if you're a non-mum guy or a girl, I want to encourage you, please pay attention because we're going to talk about something that is actually important for all of us today. But before we get there, I just want to talk about um, me as a mum and some one of the experiences I've had is becoming a soccer mum. Now, I didn't really think I would enjoy being a soccer mum, but I love it. I love getting out there in the middle of winter with my beanie, my jacket, my boots on the soccer oval and screaming and cheering my kids on. And I have Evelyn, who is nine, Leroy, who is seven, and Israel, who's five, and they all play soccer in their cute little uniforms. And really, they honestly amaze me at their skills that they have. And we spend our Saturdays out on the soccer field cheering them on. Um, But I do have a little bit of an unusual experience of being a soccer mum. When a couple of years ago, when Israel was only three, before he was old enough to be able to play, he would stand on the sidelines and go, please, mum, like I want to play. Can I just play? Can I just play? And then one day he got his call up because Leroy's team had not enough players and they said, do you think Israel would want to fill in? And he was ready to go. So he donned his uniform. He got out there with his brother and he was so excited. And as the game began, would you believe it, Israel got the ball and he was dribbling it and he was powering towards the goal and he was running and he was running and we were all screaming because he kicked a goal in the wrong direction and we were all like no and he was like yay and then Leroy comes powering over and screams in his brother's face that was the wrong way you stuffed it up and Israel just turns looks at Leroy and just gives him a clean slap across the face and then my two boys who are on the same team are wrestling in the middle of the soccer field and going crazy and who's left to go and pull them apart yes that's right the soccer mum. So sometimes being a soccer mum and being a cheerleader looks really different. But that's what we want to talk about being today is be a cheerleader. And if you are a mum or you are a dad or a friend or an auntie or an uncle or a grandparent or a sibling, we want to encourage you to be a cheerleader. And what does that look like today? Well, you would have heard the saying that to raise a child, it takes a village. And I believe that it's not just the mums, it's not just the dads, but it's all of us together that actually build and grow the next generation. And what does a healthy village have? A healthy village has cheerleaders. So today I want to talk about how we be a cheerleader for ourselves and for other people. And we can be a cheerleader in two ways that I want to talk about. The first one is cheering each other on in our individuality. 
In Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14a, it says, You formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God has made us so intricate. He has made us so individual, so complex and so amazing that we really want to cheer each other on in going on the journey to discover who we are and God and, and what he's made us to be. Um, we now know that there is many neurological pathways in our brain as there are stars in the universe. So if we actually look up and we see the complexity of the universe above us, the stars, the galaxies, the, the wide expanse of how far and how unique and how intricate the universe is, there is just as much intricacy in our brains that we are so complex. We are a whole world inside our bodies, inside our brains. There is so much depth and knowledge and discovery of the way God has made us. And if we can cheer each other on to take the time to discover the depths of our inner world, then we actually can bring what God has created us to be out and make change. Now, science is starting to catch up with how fearfully and wonderfully we are made. And so I want to tell you a little bit about how we're discovering that our body, our mind, our soul, our spirit are all interconnected and how intricate our God has made us. The Heart Math Institute in Colorado can now tell us that 60% of our heart cells are neural cells and that they actually um, retain our positive memories and our heart rate raises when we have those positive memories. And our heart actually um, communicates more information to our brain than our brain does to our heart. And then our heart emits an electromagnetic field that vibrates at a higher vibration the more positive we are around our bodies and we impact the environment around us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, Dr. Mark, Michael Gershon can tell us that our gut is very intelligent, that there are more neurons in our gut than in the spinal cord, and that our gut is an independent information transmitting um, um, system, and that that gut instinct that we have is actually an intelligent source that has been placed there, um, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we can tap into the complexity of how God has made us. Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's a Christian researcher, and in her book, Switch On Your Brain, she talks about how um, when we develop positive thoughts, we create pathways in our brain that connect smoothly and run smoothly. But when we have negative thoughts, then our pathways are distorted and that we can't think straight. And that goes all the way down to our DNA, that actually when we um, um, think negatively and we, and we make negative decisions, it crumples our DNA into not functioning. But as we actually open up and we become more positive and we become who we're supposed to be and we thrive, that our DNA actually opens up all the way down to our DNA and we thrive and we flourish in our body, which is connected to our mind and our soul and our spirit. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Dr. Bruce Lipton can tell us in the field of epigenetics that our genes are only 5% of what makes us today. Although they are the map that we begin with, then the environment that we are around actually is how those genes outwork, how they flourish, how they grow, how they develop. So we actually have an impact on the environment that we put ourselves in, the, the experiences and the attitudes we have affect us down all the way down to our genes. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has made us so 
so intricate, so intelligent, so brilliant. We are a whole universe inside of us that is just waiting to be discovered by us. If only we take that journey with our God. Also, Dr. Peter Benson talks about the spark. The spark is the fire that ignites us, the passions that drive us, something in our heart, something inside of us that says, yes, this is who I am. And this is what I've been created to be. He said the word spark is very similar to the word spirit or spiritus in Latin, which means my breath. My breath is what I give out to the world, what I give. And if you think about the way that God created the world, he did that with what he spoke and with his breath, giving of himself to then create and produce this amazing world and he has made us in his image so we have that ability to do that as well and if we can cheer each other on in embracing that and taking that discovery of what our spark is and how our God made us then we can then use that to then change the world in a way that only we can do that let's cheer each other on in doing that and you know, sometimes in our lives, we, we lose our spark or we don't even find out and discover what it is. And sometimes even all the way back down to our childhood, that those passions and that individuality and that fire goes out, that it gets squashed, that we get put in a box, or we get labeled or we have experiences that seem to injure us and, and wound us all the way down to the depths of our being. And we forget who we are and we lose that. Virginia Satur, she is a psychologist from the 1970s and in her book, People Making, she says this, many parents start out with a dream about what they want their child to be. This dream often has to do with wanting the child to do what they personally could not do. Like, I want him to be a musician because I always loved music. It is easy for parents without knowing it to make plans for their child to be what would fit them but might not necessarily fit the child. You know, sometimes we can kind of box people. Um, it might be the children that we are growing or it might be um, our friends or it might be someone, you know, in leadership and in our church and we go, no, this is who you are or no, this is what you need to be. This is the label I'm putting on you or you can't do that or you shouldn't do that, you know. And sometimes that fire and that spark that we feel is within ourselves um, goes out or we think isn't valued or that it's not important. If it doesn't make money, if it doesn't be outward and if it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not in line with the values of the world that maybe it's not important, but God puts those fires there. And what I want to encourage you is that is the power of the cheerleaders, because if we can become people that can then cheer people on to go, hey, who is it inside you? What is it that God has made you? Just like a cheerleader that stands on the sidelines and says, you can do it. Try again. Hey, have you thought about it this way? Don't worry. Pick yourself up. All right. You're important. You can do this. Let's be people that do that to help each other ignite that spark, that individuality that God has given us. Um, in the year 2000, or in the 90s, all the way up to the year 2000, I want to tell you this story that happened in South Africa, in the Kruger National Park, where the researchers that were looking at protecting the elephants had realised that the population of elephants in Kruger National Park had kind of come to a peak and they weren't going to be able to continue to flourish if they didn't make change. Also in South Africa, there was another park called Palanisberg Park where there were no elephants, but there were white rhinos being protected. So they had this idea to then take some of the young 
the young bulls and the young elephants and place them in this new park where they could then grow up, flourish and continue to grow and build uh, the elephant population. So that's what they did. They got these elephants and they moved them to this new park where these white rhinos were but there were no um, elephants. So what we had was a lot of these young um, teenager elephants were growing up together and what they found is at the same time as they were observing this happening is they also started to realise that something was happening with the rhinos, that they were finding them dead with spear marks and they were finding them injured with spear marks and they were going, oh my gosh, I think we have poachers in this park. But then they realised that the horns of the rhinos were not missing, which is what would happen if it was poachers. So obviously there was more to the story. Through their research, they realised what was happening is that these young elephants that they had introduced into this park were actually banding together like a gang and they were running riot and they were attacking these rhinos and they were just doing whatever they wanted and destroying the park, which they had never seen before in history where elephants would attack rhinos. And they were trying to work out what um, was happening there. So what they tried to do and was they realised what was missing was there were no old bulls in the herd. So they took some old bulls from Kruger National Park and then they brought them into Palanisburg Park. And what happened there was this showdown between these young bulls who were like, this is our park and what's going on, and these older bulls. And then there was this standoff where one of the lead young bulls and the lead older bull actually stood off and then the older bull just, boom, took him out. And then they came into line and went, oh, okay, the, you're the boss, I understand. And what happened is over the next couple of weeks, these older bulls actually came alongside these young bulls and guided them on this is how we behave as elephants and they never had trouble with the rhinos being attacked again. The conclusion from that research was how important the older generation are to mentor the younger generation so that they know how to behave and they know how to be guided and they don't run riot and lose their way but they actually come together and grow towards hum um, to elephant flourishing and I find the same in humans we can see that as well. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 5 and 6 says this, The wise are mightier than the strong, and those with knowledge grow stronger and stronger. So don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. So when we're looking at um, growing ourselves and cheering each other on in individuality, keep in mind that we need mentors. We need mentors that can come alongside us and cheer us on and guide us on how we're going. Young people they need mentors so they're not just getting left to their own devices and trying to work out how do I do this thing called life but actually having people that come alongside them the older generation you have a role to play to come alongside them and actually say hey let me show you let me guide you let me encourage you but when we do that we want multiple advisors why because we all come from our own perspective and we don't know everything as a parent I have that primary role with my children children but I come from my own brokenness and my own experiences and my own values and wants and as Virginia Sato reiterated that sometimes what the what we say as parents is actually what we want for our kids as opposed to who God has created them to be so if we can have multiple cheerleaders in a village that are actually going hey have you thought about it from this way you know or what does your auntie say what does your grandparents say what do your cheerleaders say who are you in God um, you know try 
again, have you thought of this? You know, when I see you do that, I see your eyes light up. I see your excitement. Maybe that's your spark. Have you thought about that? All these things are so important for us to grow our young people and for us to grow towards the next generation. I know as a parent, I want mentors with me. I want to be able to ask someone who's ahead of the game, hey, how do I handle this as my children get older? You know, I want to be a mentor for people who are further behind than me. And although we're talking about the old bulls, also keep in mind that young people have great perspective that we can also have them mentor us. So just because of our age, with you know, think of our skills and our values and everything else we bring, different perspective, multiple advisors is what's going to grow us in our individuality because we can then empower each other to go, hey, have you thought about that? And then take that back to God and go, what do I do with this? Who am I? Um, this is the wonderful wise advice I've given. Now, what do you say? What does my heart say? All this amazing complexity that you've made me just like me, God, I want to know what you want from me. I want to find my spark in you because he's the one who put it there. So if we can cheer each other on as cheerleaders who come together and say, hey, bring who you are, bring your individuality. Let us guide you. Let us work together. Let's provide space for each other. We're going to cheer each other on towards human flourishing and who God wants us to be. So the first one, cheer us on in individuality. The second one that we can do to be good cheerleaders is to cheer each other on in our vulnerability and embracing our vulnerability. And you might go, vulnerability, hang on a minute, isn't that weakness? Like, what, why do we want to be vulnerable? That sounds negative. Right, because I think we've kind of got that word a bit blurred. But Brene Brown, a very um, esteemed researcher in the area of vulnerability, says this, vulnerability is the core of all emotions and feelings. To feel is to be vulnerable. To believe vulnerability is weakness is to believe that feeling is weakness. And I think if we want to, some more um, reassurance that we want to be vulnerable and open, let's look at the story of Jesus. What does vulnerability look like? Because I think we would agree he was extremely vulnerable. He left all his grandeur, all his strength, all his majesty and came to earth as a baby, the most vulnerable state of a human being, a baby. And then as he grew up, the way he lived his life was to be a servant, was to wash feet, was to um, sit with people in, in their context was to be open and, and giving and honest. He was so vulnerable with people. He gave of himself. And then finally, at the end of his life, he gave up his self and his body. How vulnerable can you be? But I think we would all agree that Jesus is far from weak, that vulnerability and weakness are not the same thing. Vulnerability is to feel. It's the core of our emotions. It doesn't mean to leave all our emotions out and expect other people to make a change so that we feel better and that, you know, we don't own our emotions. We don't own our responses and our behaviours. That's not vulnerability. Sharing everything about ourselves to anyone who will listen, that's not vulnerability. That's dangerous. Vulnerability is about actually being open to sharing who we are, to giving of our whole selves, just like Jesus did. Madeline L. Engel says this, when we were children, we used to think that when we grow up, we would no longer be vulnerable. But to grow up is to accept vulnerability. To be alive is to be vulnerable. For us to give truly who we are, it's actually about giving 
of ourselves. So being open to this is all I, this is who I am. Um, I'm not perfect. I do fail, but I'm excited about this. This is the dreams inside of me. This is who I think I am. This is who I should give the world. This is who I'm discovering in Jesus. And I want to share with you. I want to have deep relationship with you. I want you to know me. Just like Jesus says, come, know me. That's the same vulnerability that if we want to give of all we are, we need to cheer each other on in saying, know me and I want to know you. And I commit to taking the time to actually get to know you for who you are, not who I want you to be, who I think you should be, but actually to accept your vulnerability. And I find that that through my life that I've been discovering that more and more, that when I can be confident to give of my true self, that I can stop trying to convince people with my mask and my, my things I'm good at and you know what I think I should be but when I've actually got to the point where I can accept who I am that I'm not perfect but I am really great that I can actually give of myself that I can have deeper connection with my children with my husband and I can make a greater contribution to the world of who God has given me to do something in and even with my relationship with God, being open and accepting the fact that I am vulnerable. I, I'm not perfect, but I love this and I want you to know who I am. That's such a special place to be. But when we cheer each other on in that, that means we have to cradle it. We have to be able to be in those spaces with people, build trust, build integrity, hold people for who they are, not break people down if we actually want them to open up. And that's what I'm talking about with cheering people on in their vulnerability. Um, Proverbs chapter 20 verse 5 says this, The purpose in a man's heart is like a deep water but a man of understanding will draw it out. If we want to cheer people on to be vulnerable, be their true selves, we have to be people of understanding that will draw it out. We have to cradle those dreams, those fears, those vulnerabilities, accept people when they fail. Don't rub it in their face. Encourage them. Be cheerleaders. Say, hey, try again. You can do it. Have you thought about it this way? I think you're really good at that. I'm here for you. I'm on the sidelines. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay with you. That is a cheerleader that builds an openness and trust towards those deeper relationships where people can give of truly who they are. John Eldridge says it this way, he's a Christian writer, where your wound is, there your genius will be. It is out of your brokenness that you discover what you have to offer the community. The false self is never wholly false. Those gifts we've been using are often quite true about us, but we've used them to hide behind. We thought that the power of our life was in the golden bat or the skills that we have, but the power is in us. When we begin to offer not merely our gifts, but our true selves, that is when we become powerful. That is when we are ready for battle. I find that that... Um, Many years ago, um, I would do a lot of songwriting and a lot of singing and things like that. And um, then God encouraged me to, you know, step further into that and give of my own songs and write an album. 
And I found that utterly terrifying because up until that point, um, I realized through this journey that I'd given 90% of myself when in worship, when singing, when, when connecting with people in that way and connecting with God, that I'd, I'd held 10% of safety where there, there was that wall up still that you couldn't get deep enough into my heart to hurt me or challenge me or, or get too close. I held a little bit back and I wasn't aware of it until God challenged me in this area. And through the journey of creating my album, I had to just learn to break down these walls that I didn't know everything and I, did, I had vulnerabilities in my skills and that I was so scared of failing. I was so scared of being rejected by people. What if people didn't like my stuff? What if people thought my voice sounded awful? What if, what if they didn't want to buy it? What if, what if all these things was just so terrifying? And I had, God took me through this journey and I had to accept that yes, Chelsea, you don't have it all together and you're not perfect, but what you have is so important. And in despite of it not being perfect, in despite of it not being, um, you know, exactly how things should be or what the world might say is what we should be, it's you. And in vulnerability, we make change and we make a difference to the world. And that was an amazing thing that from that point on, I took into my relationships and every other experience that um, I've had from that point. And it really made a difference in my relationship with my husband. We've just been married 15 years. And I would say that probably in the last couple of years, I've actually earned the right the trust, the integrity in my relationship for him to allow me to go deeper into that part of his heart. Not that he ever necessarily held back, but I think that sometimes we think when we get married that, well, we've got the piece of paper and we've got the ring now, I have all of you and the end. But that's just the beginning. But actually saying to build relationships where you are trusted and you can cradle those fears, those passions, those dreams, those areas that that other people don't get to go that deep with people. That takes time and that takes opening of yourself, that takes acceptance of others and that takes that constant um, vulnerability. So if we wanna cheer each other on in being who we genuinely are with God and being trustworthy of being someone that can cradle other people through towards who they are and connect at a really deep level where our hearts connect, we connect with our God and we discover who we are in all our brokenness in all our weaknesses and failures, but also all our brilliance and our intricacies and our dreams, then it takes time. And we can do that by being a cheerleader. Be a cheerleader as a sibling, be a cheerleader as a, a, a child, be a cheerleader as a mum, as a dad, as an uncle, as an auntie, as a grandma, as a friend, as um, you know anything that we are the people in our lives to power them on towards embracing who they are and knowing that when you show who you are, you can trust me to cradle that because I'm gonna take the time to earn that right to be that person. I'm gonna own who I am and I'm going to empower you to do the same. That is a cheerleader. And if we do that, we can then become people that God has 
an opportunity to show the world who he is with all these humans that accept their vulnerability but empower themselves by being who God created them to be in their individuality and make change. Let's be cheerleaders today and let's see human flourish and let's see God be exalted in this place. Happy Mother's Day to you and I hope that you have a great day and cheer people on. Thanks.